All right. So today is um, week two of uh, the Inner Power Workshop. Uh, I've kind of laid this out, and it's it's kind of fun. It's going to be different, and uh, with the intention, because uh, I always to be transparent with everybody, uh, I'm going to turn it into a book when I'm done, or a booklet, depends on how many. It's what I did with the success, uh, subconscious success, which ended up being about 20, 18 to 20,000 word booklet. I had it transcribed, it was like 50,000 words. I cleaned it up, cut it down. And uh, so then that will be done in the next week or two. I'm working, I got the cover done, yay. And it's all about a, a process and uh, so then, during that one, uh, someone mentioned this, so I started working on uh, this inner power, which will probably, uh, oh, hey, Diana, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's the process, but I share that with everybody, and uh, I record the first part, then I'll turn off the recording, and we can share and have some fun, uh, and if anybody shares anything, uh, don't worry, it won't go in the book, uh, I don't think, <laughs> who knows. Because uh, I just transcribe it and clean it up. It's a different way to write a book. Um, it works for me, doesn't work for everybody. Uh, but anyway, I, I, that's what I talk about when I teach some people how to write books. But anyway, so today is week two, now to get started. And as always, you know, my contact info, nfnlp.com, uh, Dr. Will at Real NLP. Uh, Instagram is Dr. Will Horton, um, Facebook. I'm all over Facebook. So let's just, uh, if you want to get in touch, just track me down. Most of you are on my list. So the prep, I always start with the prep is what can I learn? And I still got the typo in there. What can I learn about my inner power today? Right? What can, what will be different? If you already know it, what's slightly different about it? How can I apply this new information? And what is my block? Do you have any blocks that as we're working through this, if anything comes up? And if so, do you, do you kind of know what your coping mechanism is? And as always, what can I learn new today? And as always, even if it's sort of what you know, what, what's slightly different? Um, because as we all know, you can, hear the, you can hear the same thing several times, then finally you hear it in a slightly different way and it begins to make sense. Uh, or you hear the same thing, but you're not ready for it when you first hear it. I was that way with a lot of Neville Goddard stuff. And it took a while for it to sink in. So what can I learn new today? How can I enjoy this material today? How can I have some fun? How can I grow today? And what can I do different today? So what would happen if you could learn one of the secrets to easily create the perfect inner state to increase your overall inner power? So it starts with, if you ever had a day where you were on fire, you could do no wrong, even in challenging situations, even when you screwed up, it ended up being brilliant, you know, uh, whatever it is. You, everybody's had that kind of day, right? Right. And then we've had the day of the opposite where everything seems to go wrong. Even you couldn't do right, even if it's an easy situation, you, you, you know, you, it's just one of those days, you know, you leave your house, you forgot your phone, da, 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 da. it could, it could go on and on. So, if you've had a day where you were on fire, great. If you had a day where it wasn't, where you weren't quite clicking, um, why? You know, you're the same person, correct? You didn't change dramatically between them. And many times you'll, you know, the day might even be split between being on fire and being stuck. 
So you're the same person. So is it the inner state you were in at the time that controls the external? Because really, when you think about it, a lot of these things are about the things we want in our lives, our desires. But most of, most of our wants, one way to look at it slightly different, most of our wants and desires are actually states, if you will, or the state will help you get it. Because when you get down underneath a lot, you, people want love, respect, or confidence. Uh, that's a state. And you can be in that state even when it doesn't seem like it. You know, you can... Uh, you can do that. Same with success, which is kind of nebulous. But if you're in the right state, you ever felt successful, even, you know, even if things aren't going as well as you want. And same with that big word of the nebulous word, happy or happiness. You know, it's a, when you're in the right state, you know, even when stuff goes wrong, you can roll with it. So if you control your state, you control your life. That's, we kind of know that, but it's, it's true. And those that can control their inner states are in a much better place. I would dare say those that can really control their internal states are usually in external control of situations much easier. Because when you're controlling your internal state, you're not at the whim of people, places, and things, right? Excuse my dogs. Your experiences are filtered through your states. When you're in a good state and something bad happens, you know, you roll with it. It's kind of, you, you take it differently. If you're already in a bad state, even when something good happens, you do the, yeah, but what's going to go wrong? You know, uh, waiting for the shoe to drop. So as within, so without. You know, your internal representations and your internal states feed off each other. And your external behavior can be a result of those. But at the same time, if you change your external behavior, it can change your internal state and your internal representation. Uh, our dear friend, let me do my NLP thing, our dear friend, Tony Robbins, you know, made him a millionaire talking about throw your shoulders back, lift your, lift your head up and raise your chest just one centimeter. He used to talk about the one centimeter difference. When your chest is up slightly and your head's up, you have a tendency to uh, be in a more confident place, right? But when your shoulders are slumped and your head's down, you know, it, it can it, it can externally, you know, that's an external thing. You're, you're in an external posture. That's the word I was looking for, posture. Uh, that's not powerful. It feeds back into your rep systems and into your state, and it, it becomes a loop. And sometimes you have to just change one of these, whether it's your internal state, and then that can change your external behavior. Maybe you change your internal, how you're seeing things on the inside, which will change your state. Sometimes if all else fails, just change your external behavior. This is the old act as if, act as if. Um, you know, because we all know if you're, when you see somebody depressed, they have the uh, physiology of depression. And if you carry yourself with your shoulders back and your head up, people will assume you're confident, even if you're not. So which one is it? It's all of these, right? But today we're going to work on um, the internal state. And we've tried to control our state, you know, forever throughout history. It's hidden in plain sight. But the big things we usually try to do to control our state are drugs, some kind of mood-altering chemical, coffee, sport drinks, alcohol, other drugs, hallucinogenics. Uh, you know, there's a big movement in, uh, which I find ludicrous, in the addiction field, uh, 
where they use a hallucinogenic. You know, uh, I can't think of the name of it. It's from South America, but it's it's out there and people do it um, uh, because only this is an aside. To me, it's fascinating that you're going to use a drug to to fix a uh, alcohol or drug addiction. <laughs> so, uh, let's see, maybe somebody gave me the name of it. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. I'm clicking on here. Yeah, I can't pronounce that. I whatever it is. Are you saying ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. Yes. Yes. You know. I don't know. And the research, I don't know. I'm not going down that path. That's another discussion, but it's just, it's trying to change your state and the state they're going for is a spiritual experience. Right. Great. But we've used meditation. We'll try to use med. We will use meditation or you can use meditation to change your internal state. Same with prayer. Prayer is a form of meditation. We could use hypnosis to change your internal state. And it does exercise changes your internal state. But what's interesting, usually when you read a lot of the books about this kind of stuff, it almost becomes a one-size-fits-all program. But what works for one person might not work for another. Meditation may work great for you. Other people try it, it makes them worse, or vice versa. It's, so you got to kind of figure out what works for you. And as surprising as it is to me, there really are people who don't drink coffee. Right? Uh, my wife's one of them. You know, I just, I can't wrap my head around that, but you know, it's, it's just whatever. Right. So we try to change our internal state all the time. Right. And really one of the keys is you set your internal state in the morning, right. In your, whenever your morning is, you know, if you're working shift work or you're, you're, you're on a different time schedule, whatever it is, when you wake up, because what happens, most people, when they first wake up and get out of bed, you do the exact same things as you did yesterday, right? And usually you have that first routine, maybe it's go to the bathroom, maybe it's whatever it is, but lately how many people, you know, even before your feet hit the ground, you got your cell phone up. People are checking their messages or checking their face, whatever it is, right? Uh, then maybe they stagger down to the bathroom, but you have a ritual, we set those rituals, um, by default, usually they're not consciously set. You just kind of started doing them. Uh, so you do the exact same things as yesterday. And some of the research, I don't know where they get that number, but they think that about 80% of your thoughts, and they say you have about you know 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Again, I don't know how they track that. But a great majority of your thoughts are the exact same thoughts as you had yesterday. And most of those are negative especially in our culture, right? We're trained to look for the negative. Part of that's the way our neurology's developed to try to keep us alive. We're looking for a problem, right? So if you're doing the same thing uh, that you did yesterday and you're having the same thoughts, but yet you want this metamorphosis in your personal life, you know, that routine, you've got to kind of change it up. So you got to think about what's your routine because the easiest way, we'll, we'll do this next week, uh, the easiest way to change your routine is build on what you already got. If, if you build on what you got, according to the people that study habits, it's much easier to alter a routine that way than to create a, a, a totally new one. 
So you have to think about what's your routine. What do you do when you first wake up? Most of it, you're not conscious. You're just kind of going through the routine. But there are some shortcuts to inner power, right? There are some shortcuts to this inner power. And, um, oh yeah, Wayne mentioned you make about 50,000 uh, decisions a day, but most of those you're not aware of. You're not, it's moved to a habit, so you're not thinking about when you're driving, do you turn left, do you turn right? Especially if you work the same job over and over again and you drive to an office or wherever you work, and and so you do that over and over again then like it's your day off or it's a vacation or uh, you're doing something different you get out and you find yourself halfway to work before you realize you don't have to go to work that day right it's because you're not thinking about it. you've made the decision somewhere in there you turn left you turn right there was there was a process going on so uh thanks wayne uh so yeah so but what's your routine we all have these routines but there are a couple of things to simple things to jumpstart your inner power. So that's all we're doing today is this one. And what it starts with is that magic moment. Because when you first wake up, you're literally coming to your senses. You know, a lot of the spiritual texts say you're reborn every day. Because that first moment you're waking up, you have to search for who you are. Have you ever been in such a deep sleep and get stumbled out for it? You it it takes you a while to get figure out where you are and what's going on. Um, and what's happening when you're first waking up and the light hits your uh, eyes, even through your eyelids, it begins to turn melatonin, which is helping you sleep and cleaning your brain out. It's turning it into serotonin and dopamine. There's chemical reactions going on. And that's how you start waking up. It's also why if you sleep, a lot of people, especially more mature people, uh, if you sleep after much after sunrise, you start having different dreams. Because it has to do with the chemical changes that are going on in your brain. So your brain's partially awake, but you're still kind of asleep. And so you might have much more vivid dreams, that hypnagogic kind of dreams early in the morning. But anyway, so you get woke up, right? So you gotta kind of search for who you are because you're kind of a blank slate right then, right? And so you, you most of us, reach into the past and put it on today, right? So we start thinking about who we are, what went wrong, what's gonna go on, and you lay it into today. So you're putting the past into the now, yeah? And so what's interesting about that is, um, is that useful to you if you're trying to make a change, right? One of the things that we've noticed in the current environment, because as we're doing this now, we all know we're in the COVID-20 uh, environment, is it's disrupted your patterns for a lot of people, right? You're, you, especially if you went to your office Monday through Friday or whatever you did, when your pattern gets disrupted, you're much more open for better changes if you choose to, because your brain's searching for it. Uh, there's a person on the call who recently after probably 40 years or so of having the same kind of sort of routine, give or take, and, you know, retired from those positions. And so there's a, there's a searching period because you're, you don't have the same routine. You don't have to go to the office. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have meetings. You don't have this, right? And so even those of us that aren't in that because of COVID, it's a great time to reinvent yourself. That's why a few months ago, I started that whole 
you know, butterfly experiment because you're, you're stuck in this period. So why not use it? Right? So yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, so, but you're not, you're not your past, you know, the past uh, has only control over your mental energy, but we do that, right? We start thinking about it. And again, even these things, which are basically godsends in a way, our cell phones, our internet, you know, our computers, most of us go back and kind of search for who we are, if you will, whether you're checking your Facebook, your messages, your uh, Twitter, whatever you're doing, right? A lot of it's to reinforce who you are. So that magic moment is when we can begin to make those changes. And the easiest way is when you're first waking up, if you use self questions, because they set up your reticular activating system. And we all know your reticular activating system is that part of your brain, which developed over millions of years to keep you alive. It's to search for threats, as our buddy Billy says, ex existential threat in the environment, the lions, the tigers, the bears, you know, warring tribes, and at the same time, so for threats to keep you alive, and it's searching for things to help your life be better. You know, mates, um, uh, like-minded individuals, people in your tribe, in your group, uh, food, you know, things like that. So that's, that's the way your brain developed. That hasn't changed. And yet now we're not necessarily, unless you're in certain situations, you're not scanning the environment for existential threats. It's going to kill you right now. In fact, most of us wouldn't know it if we saw it. That's why we end up getting hurt in stupid situations. And we don't really have to search for food, thank God, right now. Uh, it's early in 2020 yet, in my opinion. So, you know, I'm sorry, I'm tough crowd. I'm here till Friday. Tell your friends. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so our brain, it's got that mechanism and it's kind of just sitting there. So we train it. How do we train it? Well, we tell it what's important to us. You know, I always, most of us use the analogy of a car for me. I'm a man, so I'll use a car. But if you want a certain kind of car and you, you, you don't know what kind yet, and suddenly you say, I like this car, you'll see that car everywhere, right? Day before you wouldn't notice it, but now you'll see it everywhere, right? And then your brain will scatter out and find different versions of it, if you will. So it's kind of cool. It's why if, if especially if let's say you're single um, and whatever kind of person you find attractive, you will see that that type of person in a room. You won't notice the other 99 people in the room. You'll, you'll notice the one you find attractive, whatever that parameter is for you. But you can train it on that, right? But the other thing with that, your brain also developed because the way we use language, when you ask a question, especially to yourself, your brain kind of goes into search mode. It wants to answer the question. So if you ask yourself certain questions, it's going to start tricking, tweaking your brain in a slightly different way, you know, because it causes your brain to, and mind to try to problem solve, right? Because again, that part of your brain is deep. It's just trying to keep you alive, right? So if you ask yourself questions in the morning, uh, and then you kind of mentally, mentally rehearse a new response if you're trying to change something, and if you focus more on the intention and not just the goal and try to do some new things. This is something, especially on this call, I can see most of us are mature, mature, 
right? Uh, the older you get, the harder it is to try new things, right? Um, if you find yourself especially saying things like, in my day, we had good music. In my day, we did this. In my day, we walked eight miles uphill both ways in snow to go to school, whatever. Uh, you know, I like the, the one I've heard lately is, in my day, you know how hard it was to score a dime bag of dope? You had to sneak around and hide it and then get it, and it was mostly seeds. I'm kind of just self-revealing self here, right? Now you can go to the damn dispensary and buy it. These kids don't know, you know? But we got to try new things, right? Um, so if you do that, you're going to be much more uh, successful at reprogramming your brain to develop your inner power. And one of the things I think uh, it's for all to see, but very few really do. If you go to where you're appreciated, not where you're tolerated, you'll have a better life, right? Uh, I like the thing, the, the saying by uh, Somerset Maugham, uh, funny thing about life, if you refuse to accept anything but the best, you very often get it. But most of us, uh, accept things that are almost unacceptable, right? And then we'll justify it, we'll, we'll, we'll rationalize it, we'll do this, right? But once you, you know, whatever, you, what's your standards? As, uh, uh, again, I'll use Tony Robbins' as example, he said it, uh, he was the first one that I heard ever really say it that way, about you want a better life, raise your standards. What's your standards? But I would add, not just raise your standards, find a group of people who have higher standards because you uh my saying is you don't don't always rise to the level of your dreams but you will always tend to fall to the level of your peers you want to be a high performer you need to hang out with high performers you know those of us on this call that are in the hypnosis and the nlp world uh, uh wayne billy lori uh, uh, deanna uh, uh, when you go to a conference you ever notice like the guys that are have the big practices and they're really busy or hanging out with the guys that have big practices and are really busy, you know, it's just kind of what people, and it's not that they're selecting anybody out. It's just that that's just what people do, you know, but if you, if you hang out with high, higher performers, um, yeah, as Billy says, I need new friends. But, you know, I mean, Billy could talk, after we're done, he could talk about when you get into a high-performing unit, like in the military, it, you, you will raise your standards to be there, right? And that all, and especially if you feel appreciated there, right? If you, if you feel appreciated. But the trick with this is, do you appreciate yourself, right? Do you appreciate yourself? We can talk about this a lot about appreciation and that, but do you appreciate yourself? Yeah. Okay. Well, good point, Wayne. We'll talk about that. Uh, but two states for rapid results, which is appreciation and gratitude. We've heard about that forever. It's in the Bible. It's in the Quran. It's in the, the Torah. It's in the, they all talk about gratitude. Uh, being grateful, having a grateful heart, having a servant's heart. It'll all talk about the same thing. But it resets your reticular activating system. Because if you start look, if you start thinking about things you're grateful for, especially simple things, your brain will have a tendency to look for other things to be grateful for. 
just like going back to when you're on a good day, generally it becomes easier to stay in that good day because you're looking for things to reinforce it. When you're having a crappy day, you'll look for crappy things. You know, someone just says, hey, how are you doing today? And you take it like, what the hell's wrong with you, asshole? And you start a big fight and it had nothing to do. You were just, you were already there. And so you're, that filter just literally came down like that. And there's been many versions of the gratitude experiment where they have people practice gratitude, writing down things in a journal that they're grateful for, taking a few minutes in the morning and being grateful. It shifts that reticular activating system, shifts your head. But I forget who, which person I was talking or listening to them talk, maybe it was Jim Rohn, but he said the problem he sees people do is they make it so complex, you'll never follow through. You know, I'm going to write five pages of a gratitude list every day, right? I mean, I, maybe you've got the time, maybe you don't, but what if you just take, I think it was Jim Rohn, just take and think of maybe three things that you're grateful for in the morning, just three things, and something simple, you know, like I always think of my dog, my one dog has this goofy smile, the big male Doberman, right? makes me happy. I don't know. It just makes me feel good. It's kind of a, I feel grateful. It's my dog. I like it, right? Sunshine in the morning, good hot cup of coffee, just simple things. And then I could go off on a tangent, but even that starts it in a, in a different direction, right? Yeah. And then it does it, 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 it like, like Wayne just posted there, it starts rippling. Oh, you'd be grateful that the, that the store clerk, with all the tattoos is there. So you can get your coffee or your fill your gas tank. You know, when you're in a bad mood, you're thinking like, how does the guy wear tats on his neck or whatever it is, right? Um, so again, it's, it sets that. And usually I talk about the Princeton study when it comes to this, because it, it kind of links in, bear with me. And the Princeton study is when they, they took some seminary students from Princeton People are going to become ministers or preachers, whatever you want to call them, seminary students. And they gave them the task to um, go and they're going to give a talk or preach, whatever term you want. They were going to go give a lesson on um, the Good Samaritan, you know, stopping to help the Good Samaritan from the Bible. Great. So they brought them in. They were, you know, they got the time to read it. I think they had some time to prep their little talk. They're, supposed to be like a 10 minute talk if I remember right. Great. So then they all had their assignments to go give their talk on, um, you know, on the Good Samaritan. Okay, that was what was set up. Unbeknownst to the seminary students, they went and got the acting students from the theater department and hired them to play people in need that would be placed in the way of these people going to go preach on being a Good Samaritan. Right? And so what they found was from minor things to one person was literally laying there, looked like they were bleeding and laying on the steps. Every seminary student avoided, stepped over or went around the person in need to, so they could go preach on the good Samaritan, right? The good Samaritan. And including the one literally stepped over the guy that had supposedly like the broken leg, you know, and stepped over to get in the building because they were running late. That's the other, they told them as they were leaving, oh my God, we're sorry, but you've only got a few minutes to get there. So hurry, hurry, hurry. 
So that set their reticular activating system. They were locked in on the goal of doing this um, talk on the Good Samaritan. So they lost the the intention of what's the Good Samaritan all about. You know, being a good, uh, being a mentor, being a friend, being a being a to pastor to somebody, right? And so it's kind of ironic. I don't know whatever happened to the to those seminary students. They're probably in massive depression and in rehab as we speak. Um, but it can happen and we can lose it, right? And it, it, it kind of goes with this. But so what I want us to think about, this is our thing, is the sole purpose experiment is what we're going to do as part of this inner power. And I'll use money and success because to me that's the easiest, but it could be just about anything. But the sole purpose of money and success is to show gratitude or to show appreciation. Right? It just if you can wrap your head around that. So, and this is an easy one, especially if you have any financial issues going on, or even could, um, if you could challenge yourself, like say for the next 30 days while we're doing this course, every bill you pay, every time you're paying somebody money, when you can remember it, can you rejoice that you're doing that? Can you mentally celebrate that like you're making your car payment? You can say, well, at least I got a car. Whatever it is. I mean, it's the old gratitude thing, right? But mentally do it to kind of shift your thinking. So that uh, it's just the sole purpose. Because again, if, if there's a kind of a general thing where if you do believe in the law of attraction, uh, it's going to be success, money, whatever it is you're working on, is going to be attracted to you because you're showing gratitude and appreciation for it not condemnation and upset upsetness is that a word um so so again in the magic moment when you're waking up and you're coming to your senses when that melatonin is being uh they're changing the chemical structure from serotonin or from melatonin to serotonin which also gets your body to release some dopamine to get you going uh, and you're searching for who you are what if you change that and you think, I'm going to be different today than I was yesterday. I'm going to be different today than I was yesterday. You are anyway. I forget what percentage of your cells died during the night. You know, and what is it? Uh, something like 50 to 60% of your um, cells in your body anyway. They're not human, you know. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. But what if you think I'm going to be a different person today? So you're basically being reborn. Uh, and don't overlay your past into the noun, you know, if you could separate it. And so you begin to ask yourself specific questions as you're doing this. So if you use those questions to set up your reticular activating system, you know, mentally and men mentally rehearse practicing being grateful when you're paying for your gas or your your lunch or whatever it is that you're doing. And then ask yourself, how can I show more gratitude today? How can I appreciate myself? A lot of times people do the gratitude or the appreciation list. They don't list themselves. Can you be grateful for yourself? You know, can you be grateful for yourself? Oh, I knew Billy would have it. 90% of your body is parasites and bacteria. Unless you live in Washington, D.C., then it's 99.9% .9 parasites. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's 
I'm here till Thursday. Anyway, but when you add your gratitude, can you just be grateful for yourself? You know, the little things. I'm grateful I'm getting my uh, ability to walk without a limp back, you know, uh, after tearing my Achilles tendon, which threw my knee out again. Uh, you know, that, so I can, can I do that, right? Because again, appreciate it. And how can I live with an attitude of gratitude? Attitude of gratitude, right? If you do that, if you do that first thing in the morning, it will, it will help. So the easiest way to do this, and I'm going to do it too, I want you to write those questions out on a couple of little pieces of paper, you know, and put one by your bed. So when you first wake up, if you wear glasses, like I know Wayne wears glasses, uh, people wear glasses, you got to reach for your glasses in the morning, right? What if the, those questions are there, right? If you put your cell phone by your bed, like I do, because it's also my alarm clock, put it on top of the, the thing. So you've got to look at it. So you put it by your bed. I would say make a copy and put it uh, in your bathroom. Because a lot of us, we stagger to the bathroom first thing in the morning. And maybe buy, in my case, buy the coffee pot, right? With whatever questions on appreciating yourself and others, on gratitudes in general, you know? Uh, in the last few days, I'll self-disclose uh, that because of doing this stuff with this dance company, uh, it's refocused how I'm even looking at this whole COVID situation. You know, that how resilient most human beings are. You know, I don't know about the rest of the world. I know here in the States, um, very, you're seeing a lot of resilient activity in businesses, in people. I mean, those of us in the hypnosis and NLP world, you saw a big switch to people jumping into uh, online therapy or online coaching that weren't doing it before. You know, some of it's driven by need because we couldn't see clients in our office. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm reading the quote, the, the things in the chat are kind of funny. Um, so yeah, so, but it's made me look at it differently because I, yeah, it's kind of a, I'm, it's kind of a pain to me and I can get on a negative track, but if I started thinking about like what I saw this dance company do, uh, this little theater group by me, how they, uh, were the first ones in the area to open and they're doing quite well and how they're doing it and, and how the directors are coping with it. You know, and I was talking to him, I'm like, yeah, interesting. You know, my acting class that went from uh, in, the, in the classroom, in the stage to being on virtual. I mean, we're seeing some really cool stuff and I can appreciate that, right? And then it gives me hope, you know, to keep going. So I want you to write those questions out, whatever they are for you. Uh, how can I show gratitude today? How can I appreciate myself today? Please make sure you put your, be grateful for yourself. Uh, how can I live with an attitude of gratitude? And just, I would say no more than five questions to start refocusing your mind. Uh, so that's the assignment. And uh, that's what I wanted to work on today. This is day two, chapter two. Oh yeah, fat, yeah, people are doing things. Okay, so I'm going to stop the recording.